Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hi, everyone. Just jumping in here to give you a wee snippet of Culture Vulture, our pop culture podcast. So if you want a break from the news, you should jump over and subscribe to it. A huge thank you to Neon, our favourite New Zealand streaming service, for making this episode of Culture Vulture possible. Kia ora everybody and welcome to one of our last editions of Culture Vulture. Liv, how are you feeling? Oh look, feeling fucking good yeah, to be honest. Yeah, I'm feeling pretty fucking um, good too. Yeah, next app is going to be a bit of a fun yearly wrap up. But Oh I can't wait for I a yearly know. wrap up. Does it go through all the weird like pop culture moments? So much trends. shit has happened this year. I know, I know. So much. So everyone tune in next week for that. Yeah, so that's exciting. But this week... You might hear, I still have a little bit of a vocal hemorrhage. Vocal hemorrhage is rearing its ugly head again. And that is because we can't stop having fun. <laughs> we can't stop. We can't stop. We, we can't won't stop, stop going out. Actually, it's not rearing its ugly head, it's rearing its sexy head. Yeah. You still sound sexy. Yeah. What do so, you reckon? Do you think it's sort of um, you're doing it on purpose? Yeah, I'm definitely putting it on, actually. <coughs> no, it's unnormal. <laughs> Liv? What are we talking about this week? Because we always do this really sort of late, don't we? we I know, do we always do. We always piece. sort of come in, but we need to tell you what is actually up, what you're actually going to be listening to. So this week we're talking all about Olivia Rodrigo again and yeah. Joshua Bassett because yes. he's released some new music and sort of the whole discussion around what it's like to have a song written about you and how much we should sort of air about our private lives and like... And whether impo- it's up to the artist. Yeah, and the like, importance of art in society yes. and what it, you know, tells us about humanity. Um, and just, so, yeah. Yeah. Basically, you know, he has had a pretty rough ride with Sour and everything that's come out sort of about him. And we just want to dive into that because there's been a lot of discourse, yeah. especially on TikTok. There has been. Uh, yeah, there has been on TikTok. Before that, though, we are going to get into the... Kim Cattrall, Sarah Jessica yes. Parker feud because so relevant right now with the reboot. Watched the first step last did night. Did you? I did. Good. I did. Did you like it? I did. It's on Neon, everyone. By the way, so it's like you can get a fourteen day free oh, trial. Oh yeah, I can watch it, and you should. Honestly, it is worth well so far. Mm-hmm. I mean, I it's feel, worth it for the nostalgia. Oh, absolutely. I feel like it was a little bit stilted at the start, yeah. and. You know, they have to set all of the background, yes. like as to why Samantha's yeah. not there, which we are going to yeah. go into in this episode, which is very exciting. But also, you know, they ha- kind of have to set the scene. It's all a bit awkward. Yeah. It's a bit, yeah. Well, sort of yeah. Kind of like well the movies, oiled. which weren't quite on the level of the TV exactly, show. Exactly. But I found by halfway through, I'd sort of just slip back into that nice. old Sex in the City sort of vibe. Sarah Jessica Parker has not aged a day. Oh, She's amazing. I mean, they all look amazing, to be honest. Yeah, I love that. But yeah, Luce, first off, what um, described your week? So the the thing that describes not just my week, but my weeks from here on in, and your weeks, and And Ruby's Ruby's weeks, weeks, is something that we have called, say it with me, Liv, 
Petty Girl Summer. Now, me and Liv are not particularly petty. Neither's Ruby. No, I wouldn't say we're petty people. Liv's in the room with me, so if I forget to mention Ruby, just she's part of this as well. Always. We're not particularly petty people. Like, we just go about our lives, fucking having fun, blah, 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 blah. We've decided that this summer, like, if we need to say something, if we need to do something, like, we're on our own waves, we're going to say it, we're going to do it, we're going to love every second of it, and we're just going to let loose and we be are. a bit petty, I think. We are. It's our take on Hot Girl Summer, but, yes. you know, we've already nailed that, so. <laughs> we <laughs> have Hot Girl Summer for, like, our whole lives. Exactly. So, Petty Girl Summer, I think it's like, we've been locked up for fucking four yes. months, we need to... <laughs> On our mouths. <laughs> oh my god, this is we so funny. Just, I know. I it's like we're actually nice, and this yeah. is kind of a joke, guys. But we're just gonna go back to our hometowns and live it up. Like we're obsessed with our hometown. Oh, fucking we amazing! We love going back. with <laughs> vocal hemorrhage. We are um, from Blenheim, which is a small town at the top of the South Island, and like we owe everything to that place. Eh? Oh man, we. Would you say ran a little bit of a riot well, growing totally. up? Well, totally. We totally ran a bit of a riot, but not as much of a riot as we're going to run when we get back Exactly. Home. Christmas Eve, get at us. Oh, honestly, look out. The local pub. Town. Honestly, <laughs> local won't pub. know what's hit up with Petty, Petty Girl Summer. Petty Girl Summer. Petty Girl Summer. So, so my week and Liv's week and Ruby's week and rest of year is Petty Girl Summer. Liv. So we'll let you know how that goes back <laughs> in January. Yeah. We will. When we jump back on the mic... We'll, we'll give a petty girl update. No, and we'll totally be like, no, honestly, someone wronged me, and I just I let them I let them do it because I'm a nice person. I know <laughs> we'll because totally no, don't have not much pettiness, that. but yeah, we're going to try. Someone wrongs it. us, we're going to their house, knocking on their door, and saying, "Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> it's just petty. Honestly, <laughs> watching you. What are we going to say, Lucy? We're gonna say, <laughs> or maybe I'll write enough. about you in the newsletter. That would be oh, more of a petty girl. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Love what describes your week. Oh, my week has been described by creativity, I would say. Okay. Yeah, yeah. it's a bit broad, I yeah, know. But, broad, but um Lucy and I did pottery on Saturday for our friend Evie's birthday, who also I think might participate in Petty Girl Summer. Which all of you guys everyone. should get on, on board as well. Please email me all your Petty Girl Summer things. Oh, and please I'll do. I'll do a roundup of all the Siska Petty Girl Summers. Petty anyway. Girl Summer. Anyway, we made cute little mugs. So cute. Honestly, so fun. I thought I was going to hate it. Anyone that's not practical and doesn't like spending time on things like me, I really thought I was going to hate it. Got there. Loved it. Oh, absolutely loved it. It was a place of self-expression. Mm. Everyone was, most people made booby mugs, which yeah. was quite cute. Lucy made one with just Lucy, 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 Lucy written all over it because it was stamps and I'm not creative and I'm a huge narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> And Liv, you've also been doing a lot of painting and I a lot have. of pastelling. I've been doing, I um, got a voucher for an art shop for my birthday, um, which was a few weeks ago. The dreaded 24 still scared about it. But anyway, um, I got Head some pastels. Oh, yeah, by the way, don't forget my birthday. That was a few weeks ago. Yeah, exactly. y'all haven't, I'm petty. So if you haven't said something. So you should probably say happy birthday, belated. But mm. anyway, I bought some pastels. I bought some, spent like fucking 200 bucks. And Honestly, I just am so happy yeah. just sitting there with my little sketchbook. Also, been watching a lot of art vlogs on mm. YouTube. There's a girl called Valerie Lynn. She's really, really cute and mm. very philosophical. And Loved I love her. Love a really that. cool pastel, um, like big picture of me, like holding my coffee, and everyone walks in and just goes, 
is that Lucy? And Lucy. Liv's like, yeah, it is. And so now, you know how I just said I was a narcissist? Well, it doesn't help when there's a fucking huge photo <laughs> mural of Lucy on the wall. <laughs> Maybe we it's should really do that. really beautiful, though, Liv. Do you want that for your room? And then just no. Lucy, Lucy. <laughs> I do have big boobs on my um, wall of my room. I, which say, I do have big boobs. <laughs> I do have big well, boobs. Actually, you do have big boobs. So well, I really thought we weren't going to overshare in this episode after the ant pheromones <laughs> chat. But I know that was the next level. Wasn't then it? again, here we are, comfortable as hell on the mic. Oh yes, absolutely. But Luce, you've got to go into naughty or nice because I am so excited to hear about all of the SJP drama I with Kim Cattrall and everything else that's going on. Right. Well, they are the epitome of petty girl summer. So yeah, this is lifetimes. a pretty girl, pretty girl story, right? Yeah. So everyone probably by now knows. Also, there's going to be a few spoilers in here for Sex in the City or for the reboot and just like that. But um, honestly, I don't think you need to skip any of this because it's all stuff that we already know or could assume was going to happen. So Kim Cattrall, who plays Samantha in the famous Sex in the City saga or series, whatever you want to call it, is not in the reboot and we all know this and would you say that like samantha largely brought the sex to the sex in the oh, city so she... without her it's just kind of the city <laughs> that's actually so true she was i would say 60 percent of the sex on that show and i am obsessed with her character oh, to be fair amazing so obsessed and she pretty... probably had a lot of ants that she'd killed in her room that just gave oh, her those honestly pheromones. she absolutely must have maybe she had it in her perfume and would true. just spraying it all over herself but I think that sh- this was quite groundbreaking for the time. Totally. I you remember know, seeing the rabbit. And now, oh, we, yes. do you own a rabbit? Yeah. Yeah. And then I remember just thinking, like, oh, kind no, of iconic. Not a rabbit, but very similar oh, to a rabbit. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I have an actual rabbit. Oh, my it's God. Great. We overshare so much on here these days. <laughs> <laughs> Um, So, yes, Samantha, who brought the sex to the city, doesn't appear in the reboot. And this is because there is this, like, quite public ongoing feud. It's interesting to call it a feud because I find it quite one-sided, where Kim Cattrall has sort of said a lot of things in the media, often either through some really, like, tacky or bad publications or with some tacky or bad interviewers, which, for me, means the credibility is just a bit, like... You know, you're not going to talk to Oprah. Questionable. Yeah, questionable, which we'll get into. Um, And it's Sarah Jessica Parker sort of only ever reacting or being, like, disappointed that they're not friends in the media. Anyway, so I'll briefly run through what happened, but I can't – I honestly, I can't get through everything – it would be a whole podcast episode, which is my least favourite trope to say we could do a whole episode on that. So sorry for just doing it, but I'm a hypocrite. But there's also, if if you do, if you are really interested and want to go for a deep dive, Shameless Podcast, the Australian girls that we love, they are doing a scandal series on it that really deep dives into it. So we're just going to give a sort of overview. Exactly. So in the beginning, it sort of dates back to the late 90s, which is where the Sex and the City like, franchise sort of took over. And Sarah Jessica Parker became the executive producer of the series as well as being the main character. And with that, obviously got a huge paycheck, you know, a raise from just mm-hmm. being a character to being executive producer. The other three um, didn't get this raise and Kim Cattrall tried to negotiate herself, like, a better salary. 
Apparently the other um, the other cast members weren't happy with Kim Cattrall trying to negotiate herself. Very Sarah, strange to which, me. No, slightly different time though, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. Where you're sort of like we're either all on the same level or we're going to tear down the person that's trying to do like something exactly, a bit different. Which is really interesting because in Friends they sort of had the same debacle mm. where I think I'm guessing it was Ross and Rachel or Jennifer Aniston yes. and David Schwimmer getting um, yes. a much higher pay rate and then they all negotiated together Mm. went to the board and were like look we're all going to be on the same pay or we're not doing it and so then they all yeah Yeah. ended up on the same salary which is really lovely and and those guys um and friends i mean i feel like they had a very even distribution of who was getting i agree it was always like who was actually the main character i mean ross and rachel probably were the main characters but it was in the day-to-day it was they had the main storyline i feel but in the day-to-day like 20 minute episodes they were all pretty like on screen, except for yeah. maybe Joey. Joey and Phoebe feel still. Yeah, feel- Joey and Phoebe, I know, they were always, there was sort of slight sort tears. Sort of tears, yeah. wasn't there? Anyway, so essentially after um, Sarah Jessica Parker got these new roles and this new pay, the rest of the girls didn't sit with Kim Cattrall at lunch. Like quite a, quite a petty girl summer thing to do. Like it was the three other cast members in Kim Cattrall. And then five years later at the Emmys in 2004, again, Cynthia Nixon, Kristen Davis, and Sarah Jessica Parker. The three other girls sat together, and Kim Cattrall sat elsewhere. Do you think it was Kim excluding herself from them? I think in this one, Kim Cattrall said, like, she has that line where it's like, we're not friends, we're colleagues. Yeah. And so she's always ran with that line. And I think it would have been, well, just because I know Kim has been the one choosing to speak out about this the most, it might have been a bit of, like, I'm just over them. I'm going to treat this as a job and let me yeah, just exactly. remove myself. And I don't think it. W- I don't think it would be the three girls being like, "Fuck that bitch." We're not going to sit with her. Like I. I don't know. I don't I think imagine. so because that's almost bordering on Nasty Girl Summer, isn't, isn't it? Which it? we're not a part of. Oh, we are. We're definitely not a part of Nasty Girl Summer. Yeah, when I just referred to that as Petty Girl Summer, that was like. Yeah, it's like not mm, what we're going to be doing. No, but it, look, it's all learnings. <laughs> It's all learnings for what to do and what not to do. Anyway, so a similar sort of salary chat and salary thing happened when they were going to shoot the movies. And then um, I think, again, Kim Cattrall was just like, I need to be paid more. And then they obviously did do the first two movies. And then there was meant to be a third. And Kim Cattrall said no. She's sick of playing Samantha. Also, like, I guess she wasn't getting paid enough. She was probably sick of living in the like under Sarah Jessica Parker's spotlight a little bit. And so in 2017, the same day that Sarah Jessica Parker confirmed that there was not going to be a third movie, the Daily Mail, who, you know, what the Daily Mail was like, um, wrote, like, a hit piece on Cattrall mm. saying that she, like, blew up the movie. She torpedoed it torpedoed it she had outrageous demands like um she was asking the studio to green light other projects of hers for her to do the movie which i again right. don't know if it's true daily mail so who knows and um so apparently there was like a script written and people were quite excited about it i know that fans of sex in the city are very die hard and so would have oh, loved, absolutely. even if it was a bit trashy you know you'd love something else yeah to you you the, still want to watch it you still no matter what watch yeah. it. and so there was a little bit of bad blood as in like the other girls were ready to probably do it and mm. samantha or kim cattrall was like no we're not gonna do it and then on the back of that, Kim Cattrall sat down with none other than Piers Morgan to talk about this. See, and it, this is just a huge red flag. Like, why? Exactly. Why would, would you, you choose ever? choose to sort of air your laundry? Any interviewer in the world, Piers I know. Morgan. So she told 
Piers Morgan that she and Sarah Jessica Parker were colleagues, not friends, saying the common ground that we had was the series and the series is over. Sarah Jessica, she could have been nicer. I don't know what her issue is. I never have, which is interesting because, like, from what I've read or seen, it wasn't Sarah Jessica with the issue. It was Sarah Jessica probably reacting to Kim Cattrall's either issue or asking for more pay, which is completely fair to do. Anyway, for me, this was interesting, just the decision to go on mic in this way with this person, like, says a lot about the situation. Yeah, it's really interesting to me that she chose that route because I just think a lot of people, just like we reacted, would be like, okay, well, no, because that credibility is ruined. Mm. And then that might be fine on its own, but then there was this Instagram post, which really sadly, um, Kim Cattrall's younger brother Chris died in February of 2018, and she posted a remembrance for him. And then two days later, she went on Instagram and like thanked fans and colleagues, you know, everyone for sending her family support. And then six days after that, she posted an Instagram post that said, I don't need your love or support at this tragic time at Sarah Jessica Parker. Like a kind of publicly like a screenshot yeah. of this text as a full on Instagram post. I know that's oh that's Not, pretty brutal. And and it's like obviously when you're going through grief and trauma and things like that, you do things that you Totally, your brain is in, a, is in a different sphere. I know, but then this was really interesting because she, in the caption, said, My mum asked me today, when will that Sarah Jessica Parker, that hypocrite, leave you alone? Your continuous reaching out is a painful reminder of how cruel you really were then and now. Let me make this very clear if I haven't already. You are not my family. You're not my friend. So I'm writing to tell you one last time to stop exploiting our tragedy in order to restore your nice girl persona. And then she said, copy and paste this link. And she gave a link to a New York Post article called The Mean Girl's Culture That Destroyed Sex in the City. And the New York Post is just one of the grossest, like, tabloidy fucking publications out there. So it's, again, she's sort of linking, one, to this, like, really not reputable place. And two, Sarah Jessica Parker didn't make a public show of saying, I'm so sorry, blah, 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 blah. She, like, went directly to Kim. So for, for Kim to have been, like, you're exploiting my trauma, again, I mean, like, I've actually been there and your head is all fucked up when you're sort of grieving, but... It's it's like this post is still up. You have time to retract right. this. Like I'm looking at it right now. That's interesting. And it's a really interesting, I don't know, it's it's this use of social media that's like quite quite toxic and quite um I don't know, nasty. Oh yeah, literally public shaming. But I do wonder what has happened behind closed doors. As to because, and with everything, yeah, like we, we don't, don't know. know. Because you know, like those people that just they're so fucking awful, but then they have this sort of persona in the public mm. that they're this amazing person, right? And we find this out. A lot of celebrities, you know, you hear about these awful stories of yeah. them treating white stuff badly or, or whatever yes. it is. But, yeah, and so with this, I just wonder what has happened to give Kim Cartrell such venom yes. when discussing Sarah Jessica Parker. Like, that is a very callous, yes. like... Like paragraph, right? That yeah, is a very, very explicitly and linked to a like, like equally hate, hate visceral like um, article. Like I read it, and I was just like, "Yeah, Fuck. absolutely." Well, this is interesting because I too wondered, like, there must be more to the story. Yeah, and then very recently, um, Chris Noth, who plays Big on Sex in the City, 
released a statement about it or went on record in an interview about it, saying that, like, this whole sort of feud between Sarah Jessica and Kim was sad and uncomfortable and said, I have no idea what her thinking is or her emotions about Kim Cattrall. I do know that I'm very close with Sarah Jessica and Cattrall's descriptions of her don't even come close. So, like, not many people have gone on the record talking about this because, like, obviously it's not your business. But then I've read a bit of commentary about, like... um, Chris coming out and saying this and just being and backing up Sarah Jessica. See, that's interesting because I've always really wondered about the other two girls that play Miranda and Charlotte because, well, you just always assume if it's three against one, you're always sort of like, okay, well, it must be that one person. But sometimes it's it's, no, not, sometimes it's not. It's really and not. And the other that's two generalization to make. Yeah, very and little to do with it. Absolutely. Maybe they just stayed out. Maybe they aren't brave enough to mm. speak out against whatever's happening. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that is giving mm. Kim Control the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Which we do. Which we do. We, we absolutely do because we don't know. We weren't yeah. on that set. We didn't see the behavior between the two women. Yes, it's just it is very very interesting because my my gut is saying like just like because Sarah Jessica again hasn't gone into the press and said this that but I, I, don't, I don't fucking know. I feel like Sarah Jessica Parker is nice. I feel like Kim Cattrall is probably nice to the people that haven't, like, denied her extra pay, etc. Right. That would be something that would make you quite spiteful. Yeah, and maybe she's got past trauma yeah. about, you know, pay issues or not being, like, you know. Not being the main role and maybe never being the, because I think yeah. she was actually the biggest star. That's another thing. Before Sex in the City happened, I think she had done some things that meant that she was actually the golden girl a bit coming into this. That's interesting. And that would lead to it, wouldn't it? Now, Sarah Jessica Parker, the only one we haven't spoken about really in this, like, feud that we're talking about, she's never really directly, directly addressed, like, the Instagram post or, like, the feud as a whole. She did talk about the interview that Kim did with Piers Morgan, Mm. saying um, in 2018 on an episode of Watch What Happens Live that she was heartbroken after Kim Cattrall said that they were not friends, they were colleagues, and she told Andy Cohen, who was hosting... Um, that I found it very upsetting because that's not the way I recall our experience. I always think what ties us together is this experience. It was a professional experience, but it became personal because it was years and years of our lives, which is something you said to me before the other day. Like, how could you not either want to or just by way of working together every fucking day form this friendship like this familial friendship Mm. because yeah I just can't fathom spending that amount of time with someone and it turning that sour but also still playing the roles that you know there's so much love between the characters and And I know they're obviously characters we were saying it kind of ruins it it kind of ruins it for us like when you re-watch yeah like also what's really interesting with the reboot is you know in the the first episode they're setting the scene where Samantha where Samantha and it's all about how she moved to London because um, Carrie's publishing company dropped her as a client and which is really interesting to me because it's obviously all about money and so they've kind of like interwoven so it was Some like of the truth. Samantha used to be like on behalf of Carrie selling books, etc. And then yeah, she like, was the publicist. She was the yeah. publicist. And so then when Carrie is obviously doing some pivot to podcasting, whatever's 2021. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and what'd she say? Like, I fired her, but she thinks I fired our friendship or something. Yeah, she like fired that. our friendship. And then she's like, I thought I was more than an ATM to her. Mm. And I feel like a that nod is a little weird. nod. Yeah. I mean, they had to address it, though. Like, For and, sure. and people were saying, like, they couldn't just kill her 
off in case of a like final like she wants to come back or yeah blah, 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 blah. yeah exactly and the first line when someone asks where's Samantha you know where's your fourth fourth crew member they're like oh she's no longer with us and yeah. then the, you know it's yeah, the so whole like, like <gasps> and it's like no 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 I know but, so Sarah Jessica Parker also in that same 2018 sort of like time frame said that her and Kim Cattrall have never fought saying to People Magazine I couldn't imagine anyone else playing that part of Samantha so there was no fight it was completely fabricated because I actually never responded and I won't because she needed to say what she needed to say and that is her privilege which I think is quite a it's pretty like, thought out mm-hmm. um, statement. And to be commenting at the same time not commenting is like hard to do, which is what she just did. So it's all, it's, yeah, it's a very interesting um, feud. It's also just great PR for the reboot. Oh, like, absolutely. The fact that we've done this, Shameless have done something, it's everywhere. Like, number one story on the cart. Like, I just. I can't look past the fact that I've fallen fucking hook, line, and sinker. You should never waste a crisis, which is foreshadowing what we will talk about yes, later but on. Not before we talk about, oh, first of all, mm. naughty or nice. Well, none of that oh, is nice. So it's, it's all fucking naughty. awful. It's naughty. It's fucking awful. Next thing. Couch Guy wrote about what it's like to be Couch Guy. And we had to talk about this because we spoke about Couch Guy on this podcast at one point. I don't remember when. Or how, but I know we did. And honestly, Couch Guy has a way with words. Like, the article's really, really good. And it's, like, it's quite good to hear um, in a non-social media setting, like, an actual long statement or long piece where Couch Guy can actually get his thoughts so out. So interesting that yeah. we are now hearing Couch Guy's point of view, which, fair enough. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is kind of, again, foreshadowing because, like, if one person's going to have their point of view, okay, the whole internet, the other person, you know, we don't want double standards. They should be able to say their piece too. Fuck yeah, they should. So Couch Guy opened up. It's funny because I actually don't know his real name, and but I, even if I use it, no one would know who I was talking about because no we way. all know him as Couch Guy. Just gave, like, quite a personal look at, like, sleuthing culture online or, you know, TikTok detectives detectives or vigilante detectives and like the whole um I wrote a little bit about and the internet of fads like the 15 seconds of fame thing and how it's one trend another trend plane club nightclub no sleep <laughs> you know that lady gaga sound where she's like I don't know if you even know it and I, I don't know it. To it yeah I don't know it but I I get the gist it's an interview and lady gaga's trying to talk about her like hectic schedule it's like plane plane nightclub right. no sleep Another club, another club, and it's just like, uh, anyway, it's gone viral on TikTok, which you don't use, and we say it every fucking episode. Every fucking time, but no, I'll take your word for it. Well, I'm going to read out my favourite part of Couch Guy's article. Mercifully, my memedom has died down. Interest in the Google search Couch Guy peaked on, on October 5th, my birthday. <laughs> And I have come to tolerate. <laughs> in this episode, we have both slid in our birthdays, even though they're both no longer relevant. No. <laughs> I know. It's what being 24 will do to a person. Oh, you'll just be fucking forced to rehash the great old days of your 24th birthday. Um, and I've come to tolerate looks of vague recognition and occasional selfie requests from strangers in public. And my digital scarlet letter has not carried much weight offline, given that Lauren and the other co-stars of the now infamous video know my true character. 
Therefore, my anxiety rests only in the prospect that the invasive TikTok sleuthing I experienced was not an isolated instance, but rather, as tech writer Ryan Broderick has suggested, the latest manifestation of a large-scale sleuthing culture. Mm-hmm. So he's saying that, like, even though his his 15 seconds of fame and infamy has died down, it's just showing that, like, we do this all the time. Fuck. And like, yes, and it's not stopping anytime and soon. And it's not going to, just by him writing an op-ed as well. Like, I no. have no faith that the internet, even I spoke about on the shit show Gabby Petito and what happened when vigilante TikTokers sort of took this oh. and made it into a moment. It's just like, it's not going to stop, but it's it is not. helpful to hear the other side of the story. And I am grateful for him that he's come out the other side and been like, mine wasn't this bad. I'm not going to victimise myself. But like, it's happening to He's us. still working to humanise yeah. the people behind it. Because, Which is yeah, the point and a great thing. Obs- we're all obsessed with it. I mean, it's mm. like true crime. It's like real life almost. Yeah. Yes. Only murders in and the building. And what can I do to like help when I'm just sitting at my phone? So like, yeah. ha- so half of it comes from it's a power. good place. Yeah. And like half of it, like, you know, is like without the power of social media, we wouldn't have like been able to alert someone about this or this. And it's like, yeah, that's fine. But also... There are policemen and shit that know how to do their jobs that can do that without the entire internet going wild. I know. It's all because we're so fucking like self-obsessed in the sense that it's like, but I could be the one to uncover this truth. It's hilarious. It is. So I thought like it's nice that Couch Guy's getting to share his part of the story and it's also nice that he's not using it, again, to draw attention to himself, but it's to just be like, Hey, this is how the internet is working, and not—he's yeah. not even trying to stop it. And I think no, nah, he he's just like making commentary yeah. and very articulate, yeah. as you said, he great with words. Really I'm amazed. Taste. Yeah. So, so that's my second audio, nice, which is nice, nice. And yeah. my third one is really nice. Phoebe Bridges and Paul Meskel have made their relationship Instagram no, official. Stop it! I didn't know this. I know it's over on Phoebe Bridges' Instagram. Um, they are just mum and dad oh, and everything. Absolute power and couple. I just wanted to. Uh, talk about it so that is a massive nice now Liv before we get into the juicy topic of Josh Bassett taking the mic I think we should first hear from our sponsors I think that's a good idea so Liv there are actually some fucking big TV shows that have just landed on Neon this December and I personally can't wait to get on a break and watch them oh I cannot wait The Sex Life of College Girls is on there now and that is high up on our list Luce and is an absolute lover of Sex in the City at like honestly one of my favourite TV shows I am so excited to keep watching the new reboot I've watched the first episode and I'm already hooked so yeah cannot wait for the next one And because this is coming just in time for the Christmas holidays, I feel like in my, like, 5am starts that I won't be doing to write the newsletter, I'll have to fill that time because you know I'll still be waking up with, like, all these TV shows, like, 5 to 7am. I'll just be sitting in my bed, like, binging. Your body will just wake up and be like, oh, my God, okay, I'm going to rewatch Succession. Yes. (laughs) Oh, yes, and you guys know the drill. We love Neon. Neon makes this whole thing happen. So thank you so much for letting Culture Vulture exist. It is the best thing ever. We get to chat about all things culture with you. And by signing up, to be honest, you get access to everything you could possibly want and more. And don't forget, guys, you can try out Neon for free, 14-day free trial. Honestly, give it a go. Fuck yeah. And thank you, Neon, my angels, for making this job of ours a reality. We love you. 
I hate to do this to you all, but if you want to hear the rest, which I know you do, head over to Culture Vulture wherever you get your podcasts. Love you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.